Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel resentful about having to be the strong one all the time? If that's you, I've got good news for you. Coming up in this episode of The Truth and Our Trauma. Christian Counseling on the go? Sign me up. Faithful Counseling is Christian counseling that is available to you wherever you are and on your schedule. And we've partnered with them to bring you 10% off of your first month. To sign up and get started, go to getfaithful.com forward slash valor. All right. So being the strong one can take many shapes and forms. You know, maybe it means that you are the person that everybody can count on, or you're the one who never really seems to get knocked down by anything you just plow through. You never seem to have a bad day, or at least no, nobody else knows that you're having a bad day. And you're able to just pick it up and keep it moving. And it really seems like you've got it all together. And you know inside that absolutely none of that is true. But here is the thing about trying to shed any of that persona is being the strong one is kind of this double-edged sword, right? It's this thing that on the one hand, we get praise for it. And it feels good to be complimented for being seen as someone who's strong and dependable. And yet on the other side of this, this is something that can absolutely feel like a weight, you know, maybe we've built this identity around this. And so it seems like then if I have to embrace any kind of weakness, now there's something perhaps that is too unfamiliar or too uncomfortable for me to step into. You know, we may start to wonder if whether or not people would accept us if we didn't come off as quite so strong sometimes. We may not even know how to do that, may not know how to move into spaces of vulnerability and weakness. And so we're caught in this place of not really wanting to necessarily have to be strong all the time, but not really liking the thought of having to be weak. And being stuck here can cause us to feel resentful. It can cause us to feel resentful about the circumstances that we've had to endure, that we've had to become strong as a way to handle, a way to survive the things that we were experiencing, that we could wish that those things didn't happen to us and that we could move through life a little bit more fluidly if we didn't feel like we had to be the strong one all the time. I don't know about you, but I used to get to these places where it was like, what if I don't want to be the strong one anymore? What if I don't want to? What if I want to just completely discard this whole thing and then yet totally not being able to even understand how that could look? And that in itself was just enough for me to decide, well, you know, I guess being the strong one is just who I am and this is the way life is. And so we'll just keep on pushing because that's what we do. We just keep on pushing. But at some point, this thing has to break in us. At some point, we can't escape it anymore. We can't run away from the fact that life is hefty and it's too big for us sometimes that there is capacity but there's also limitation in the amount of things that we can handle and that we can take on and you know when you've hit that breaking point you know because you can't escape it it becomes perhaps crippling anxiety that there's this constant fear of failure or this fear that you're going to let people down fear that people or maybe even god are going to be disappointed in you it seems like everyone and everything is counting on you, and yet you know at some point you're going to break, and that thought in and of itself is terrifying. Or it might even feel like depression. It might feel like all of the joy has been just sucked out of your life because of everything that you're carrying and this heavy load that you've got on your shoulders. And you wake up each day, and you're just like, oh, well, here's another one, you know? How are we going to get through this? Well, we'll just push through like we always do, but... There's just not very much to look forward to in life. 
Now, if any of this is landing for you, the thing that makes this so difficult to counteract spiritually is the fact that a lot of the advice that we're given, biblically rooted scriptural advice that we're given about making it through challenges and trials and those types of things is through the lens of the fact that God is strengthening us through these things, right? But when you are constantly having to be the strong one and you're starting to resent that, that doesn't always resonate. That doesn't always land. That was certainly the case with me. It felt like then God was yet another person I had to perform for, another one that I had to show up for, and that he is just up there, out there, somewhere in the distant beyond, just seeing how much pressure that I can take. And of course, he's doing it out of love, but it just made him feel so far and so detached and disconnected from the reality of what I was experiencing. Okay, this one is for all my overthinkers out there. I used to be absolutely debilitated by intrusive thoughts. Everything from constant worry to just dread of the future, I couldn't make it stop. If you're there right now, I have developed a free downloadable guide to help you get your mind back. It's called Overthinking, Get Out of Your Head and On With Your Life. And you can download it for free right now at UncommonValor.co. Now, the first thing I want to say is that this idea, this concept of this strengthening that's coming through resistance, it's not a wrong idea. It's not. It's just an incomplete idea, especially when you're coming from a place of having been wounded, that not every trial that you have faced has felt like something that is building you up. It has felt like these are things that are trying to tear us down and deform us and destroy us. So what I want to talk to you about is another way that scripture shows us what is happening in this process, that yes, there is a strengthening that's happening, but it's in a completely different manner than what we understand by a lot of like gym metaphors, for example, they get used, you know, a lot of, of metaphors that we hear around these things are the fact that, you know, it's like, it's like strength training and that you're in the gym and you're lifting these weights and they're heavy for you, but they're making you stronger and they're growing your capacity. And like I said, it's not that that is wrong. <laughs> it's not it's not wrong, but it's not all there is. It's not the only way of looking at what's going on. My reference point for this is Jesus's comments in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And in this passage, he's talking about the fact that there are two houses. He's comparing each of us to one of these two houses. And he says that when these storms come, if we're built on the rock, that the house that's built on the rock, it will be battered, but it will not fall. And yet this house that is built on the sand, this house that does not have a sure foundation, that when the storms come, that the ruin of that house is great, is actually what it says. Now, when you hear this scripture, you may have an inclination one way or the other, sort of what you sense or what you feel like. But to be honest with you, when I was younger, I would have automatically assumed and told you, oh, my house is built on the rock. My house is built on Jesus, 100%. I had grown up in church. I grew up around all things Jesus. And I was like, that's, that's me. I'm the house on the rock. And yet, when the storms of life would continue to batter and batter and batter, and my life began to erode more and more. The truth was that my foundation was a lot shakier. And honestly, some of us might feel like maybe we're somewhere in the middle. 
you know, maybe maybe your foundation wasn't or isn't completely sand. But yet at the same time, we know we're being really ripped up by storms and we have been really ripped up by storms. And so we know, though, if it's a rock, there's something that's not quite totally stable about it. Maybe it's like poured concrete, for example, that has just some fissures and cracks in it. You know, and I think a lot of us, particularly if you do have you know, some foundation of faith underneath you, you might feel like I'm not really necessarily one or the other, but I'm somewhere in the middle. And while these storms in my life are happening, you know, like any of us, I'm looking at God going, oh, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, the, just these various pieces of things are just being ripped away and torn apart. And as my life was continuing to erode, I felt just so very much like stripped back like bare bones. And yet it was in that that I could start to see. I could start to see where I was building up this foundation of the sense of myself and the sense of what my life was founded on, on things that were ultimately going to let me down. You know, some of this was my own pride. If we think about, again, being the strong one, that's, that's the sense of me not having to rely on God. But that's not what we were created for. We were created to rely on him and depend on him. And as we've talked about before, there are things that happen to us in our lives that cause us to feel like we, I mean, not feel like we have to start being independent because it's a survival thing. But as we go on in our lives, those things will start to let us down. It's where all that shakiness and anxiety and depression and all those things can be rooted he started to reveal that my lifelong battle with anxiety all stemmed from these places where I didn't feel like I could trust him. And it wasn't because I was, you know, oh, so sinful or whatever. I was just like many of you, wounded and afraid and then doing whatever I could do as a young person to try to make sure that I would never feel that anymore. There was just coming this point, though, where the Lord was like, I don't want you to live like that anymore. There is so much more life for you beyond you feeling like you have to carry everything. So it was through a lot of these things that I was experiencing where he started to show me, yeah, here's what happened to you that was not your fault. Here's what happened to you that was wrong. But here is how you've now been living that is less than what I have for you. That's not me. And it's actually not you. This person who feels like she has to do it all and be everything to everybody, that's not you either. I didn't make you like that. I made you to know who you are in me, that you won't strive for the approval of man or for the accolades or for whatever else I was clinging to. And for you, you might resonate with some of that. For you, it might be something completely different. But oftentimes we're building these identities of ourselves, these understandings of ourselves by what we think are strengths. And to some degree they might be, but we get off on the path where we are then depending on our strength to carry us through, depending on our own selves to carry us through in ways that they will never will. But this is the goodness of God in this. He does not do this to humiliate us. He does not do this to point out, look at you, look where you've messed up. He doesn't do that. What he was doing was showing me, Michelle, this is where you don't have enough of me in your life. This is where maybe I had even closed myself off to him or where I just didn't believe that he would function that way in my life, that I could actually rely on him for things. And so with that came this gentle invitation for me to start to explore what if I don't. 
anymore? What if I don't try to carry it all on myself? What if I don't say yes to everything? What if I don't perform in the way that I think is going to get approval from somebody? What if I just show up exactly as I am? What happens? And though there was absolute anxiety and discomfort in that, I am not going to act like this was easy. He met me in those places of discomfort. He met me in those places where people were disappointed with me because they had learned to rely on me in ways that I should have never let them. And in me turning to him in those spaces and saying, Lord, would you let me know that I'm always loved and accepted by you? Would you show me what it is for me to trust that, you know what, you've got that situation handled and I don't actually have to put myself into it? The anxiety of having to overdo and overperform and constantly show up and constantly be available and all of that just started to break. I started to realize that those were things I didn't even want to do. I was doing them because I felt compelled. I was doing them either because I didn't want to feel discomfort or because I did want to feel loved and approved of. And so in this, it was understanding I'm loved and approved of without doing all that stuff. And as that realization started to wash over me, it was like all these cracks were exposed, but he started to just fill, fill them in. You know, you think about, again, that concrete slab and it's got all these cracks and brings in new fresh concrete and just pours in and covers in all those cracks. I don't know if that's structurally sound, but this is like the visual, you know, where it's being shored up. It's being filled in. It's being reinforced. It's being strengthened. It is being strengthened, right? So I said it's not that he's not strengthening you. He is. But it's this different picture of him exposing what is weak, allowing us to see it in a way that is not condemning and filling it in with more of himself and his love for us. And it's in that then that we begin to become again, that he is rebuilding us, that we start to live into who we truly are, who he created us to be, not who we are out of a reaction to how we've been harmed or the things that we're afraid of or the things that we desire, but that we can begin to live a life out of being uniformly united with him. And he doesn't do this apart from us. You know, I think, again, with that gym metaphor, it's like, well, maybe he's like the personal trainer who's just watching you, like, you know, go through all the reps or whatever. And it's like in this picture of this, the Lord is close with us. He's working with us. He's working things out of us. He's working things into us. And there's this very caretaking, nurturing kind of of feel to this approach towards his strengthening of us through the things that we're going through. So as this nurturing and caretaking and reinforcing is happening here, there is a bonding that's also happening. There's a unifying and a harmonizing that's happening in our beings with ourselves and the Lord. And so as we begin to recognize the weakness and allow him to fill those spaces in, that bond grows stronger and stronger. And that is where the strength is coming from our weaknesses. It is through our bond with him that we are able then to see how he's loved us through all of these difficult things and how we can lean into that bond of love to continue to walk through whatever we have in life. So when there are more challenges that come, again, they will come, right? It's something that is going to reinforce us. It's going to strengthen us, but it's in a way that is so a process that we're walking through with God right in it with us. 
So as this fortitude and this resilience is growing, not only then are we less affronted by the challenges that come into our lives, but we can have a hope and an expectancy that, yes, God's goodness is going to come to me in the midst of this. And then it actually gives us courage to look at those other places of our lives where we have maybe experienced some weakness and we haven't really looked at it or wanted to confront it. And we can say, hey, maybe I can invite the Lord into this. Maybe I could challenge myself with this. I know he loves me and I know he wants the best for me. And if I open this part of my life to him, I can experience him to fill me just the same. So through all of these things that are happening, yes, God is strengthening you. Yes, through challenge, he is strengthening you. But he's doing it often by removing from you what is not of you and not of him, showing you those weak spots and those cracks where sin and harm have come in and shaken things up. And then by him lovingly coming in and pouring more of himself into you. He's removing what is not of him and filling in what is. Now, I know this is not going to make everything perfect. This is not going to make every challenge you face in your life like something that you want to throw a party for or everything that you've ever had to face that you want to celebrate it. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is it gives you an expectancy that reduces the fear of having to deal with difficult things. And it takes the pressure off of you feeling like you have to be the one to take care of it all. Jesus also said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that in the middle of these challenging things, the more that we learn how to lean into him, the more rest we can still experience as we're going through difficult times. And to close, this is what the purification the Bible talks about is all about. You know, that's another one I couldn't really grab onto. Like, why does me being purified like silver is purified? Why does that matter so much to the Lord? And when I understood that he's taking away the things of me that are not of him so that the things that are of him can come through and be strengthened in me, that he can put those things inside of me and they can be things that I learn to operate from that that gives me a spiritual strength and a power that I can only access by living more bonded to him, more harmoniously with him. When we look at Psalm 1, it talks about the person who walks with the Lord and how they are blessed, how they are fruitful, how they are refreshed, how they prosper. And that's what strength in the Lord does for us. It brings us a flourishing of our lives that we are able to walk in and access even when things are not so perfect. So my friend, what I want you to hear today is you do not have to be the strong one. <laughs> I want you to take that off yourself. You do not have to be the strong one. And I just pray that today you would experience something of what it is to be weak in his hands and let him take care of you. Thanks for being with me for this episode today. I hope you'll come back again. And in the meantime, you can follow me over on social media and find out about our resources and services over at uncommonvalor.co.